Hello again, and welcome to another episode of Super Turbo 64, the podcast in which two friends get together and chit-chat about video games. Hi. Hi. That was Jeff Ross that you just heard across from me, and I'm Jason Vandervoort. How you doing, Jace? I'm doing well, bud. How are you today? Not too shab. Good. I'm glad to hear it. This is going to be our first um, proper uh, episode of 2022. I mean, yeah. Has that... we re- the last episode we recorded was in 2022. It was, but it was like a culmination of 2021. It's true. You know, this is the first episode, you know, of what is going to be season three. Okay. Is it wild that we're out of season three already? It feels slightly wild. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Just because, like, it feels like not very long ago we were recording episodes uh, over PSN <laughs> when we were, <laughs> you know, respectively locked down <laughs> at different places. Yeah. Just yeah. that feels, yeah, very not far away. That's right. Yeah. Time flies when you're having fun. Absolutely. <laughs> yep. What you been playing, Jason? I have been been revisiting some of my gaming past recently um konami just released a collection of the three uh game boy advance castlevania games uh on the switch recently it has the three game boy advance castlevania games and it's another one that i think was maybe released on like either super nintendo or playstation but just wasn't released in the states i want to say or something like that it's just it's a title i'm not super familiar with so i'm currently playing uh, Castlevania Circle of the Moon. Very nice. Mm-hmm. It was actually, it was the first game that I bought when I bought a uh, my Game Boy Advance, having not known really a damned thing about Castlevania. Mm-hmm. But like, I remember when I was standing there in Walmart, money in hand, bought the Game Boy Advance, and I was looking at the games that I could have bought, mm-hmm. and I just saw the uh, that gothic cover art with that anime guy holding a whip, and I'm like, one yeah <laughs> <laughs> this is like i don't know maybe uh two years ago yes yeah my voice dropped considerably <laughs> before yeah. the pandemic yeah, started if you listen to the first episode you can notice yeah Jeez, it's talking like this the whole time boy do i love video games yeah. <laughs> but yeah no i just uh it was just the game that i felt i wanted to play and it started my love of castlevania and just metroidvania games in general so like i've been playing that right now and i'm really happy that i definitely feel like i'm farther in the game than i ever remember being yeah you know i like there's been several times where i was playing through the game and i'm like okay i remember this Mm -hmm. and there was a boss that i was kind of dreading getting to because i just like i remember you know being stuck on it Mm -hmm. when i got to that boss i beat it on my first try Mm -hmm. and i'm like ha suck it however old i was like you know there's that preconception that it's like you know man i feel like it was so much better at video games when i was a kid really you know yeah i feel like you know when you play like some real like older games that you played when you were a kid mm-hmm. you feel like i was a lot better at this when i was a kid hmm. i don't know or at least that's something that i've that yeah, i've felt I, I don't know if i feel the same way really okay but no i definitely felt like i had thought maybe at certain like there was probably certain games i was better at when i was a kid yeah. but Mm-hmm. I'm definitely better at <laughs> Castlevania now. 20 years of experience under your belt now, right? Yeah, basically. So, yeah, I'm really, really enjoying playing it. 
and I'm, I'm farther in it than I ever was. So I'm stuck on a new boss now. Really? Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, but I haven't played it in a, in a couple of days, so we'll we'll see if I'm able to tackle it. All right. Good. Good. How about you? Uh, there's a few, I finished two games recently, which yeah. is unusual for me. Uh-huh. I finished the Spider-Man Miles Morales game. Mm, nice. Good game. It's yeah. fun. Uh, you know, I feel like whenever I was playing the first Insomniac Spider-Man, I was always like, oh man, this is, it's good, but, you know, maybe it's a little overhyped, a little overrated, and maybe it's not. But then when I was playing through Miles Morales, I'm like... I'm getting it. It's finally starting to settle in why okay. everyone loves these games so much. Really? You know? Okay. So, yeah, that's funny. Yeah, because I kind of remember when the first Insomniac Spider-Man game came out. And I, I, I know I remember really loving it and several of the other people that, you know, were playing it around the same time we were, were thinking, yeah, this is great. This is probably the best Spider-Man game there ever was and mm-hmm. all that. And I distinctly remember you being like, meh, it's yeah, all right. Yeah, yeah. You know, I liked it, but it was like, I... I'm still trying to fight that bias in me where it was like uh, Spider-Man 2 for the GameCube did everything that the new Spider-Man games are doing. Yeah, you know, that, like, that's a hard a hard mountain to, to climb. It's, uh, it's, but, I mean, they're fun. They're, yeah, they're really good absolutely. games, these new ones. And, uh, um, you know, I was talking with a friend about, like, the the mobility you know, mm-hmm. in uh, those Spider-Man games, and I kind of came to realize that the what the difference was between the new ones and the old one is that uh, in the old one, like if you fuck up, you're you actually fuck up. You know, right. like you splat into a wall, or you like you know your momentum stops, which you can feel bad. But then when you're actually like you know good at it yeah it feels like you've mastered it you know if you're if you're using the two webs to slingshot your way through mm-hmm. town you know it's a uh, something that you actually you know it felt like but at you know now that i'm um i feel like i kind of uh improved my web slinging abilities in miles morales you know nice i'm like maybe i i don't know I'm I'm seeing the the positivity of both ways, you know. Like, I like it. Just being able to like say, oh, whatever. I'll just go through this, you know, alleyway. You know, I hit a fire escape, but I just swing through it. You know, it's exactly. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's probably more visually appealing, both for you and maybe like someone who you know is sitting in and watching. You oh, know, sure. it, it doesn't uh, break the immersion as much. Right. It doesn't slow you down doesn't stop the gameplay exactly yeah because like with spider-man the spider-man 2 game like if you splat against the wall you have someone sitting next to you toby mcguire wouldn't do that (laughs) (laughs) um i also finished a short hike which was a nice it's a great game uh you know it only takes like one evening sit through to Mm -hmm. play through it um it's right there in the title yep hike yeah um and short <laughs> oh, oh yeah i suppose <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> uh, yeah you just uh uh you know you have a little island mm-hmm. and a mountain to explore and you just kind of it feels like what if animal crossing had gameplay you know yeah no yeah exactly yeah the the visual style almost kind of looks like maybe an n64 animal crossing mm-hmm. i would say 
but yeah, it's it's got far more um, direction in that you know you're just kind of you know doing a thing as opposed to just uh, relaxing, setting up your house. You know. Yeah. I've yeah that game has been on my wish list for a little while and I just you know hadn't picked it up yet but mm-hmm. now that you've played it and have enjoyed it yeah. I I you know I'm a lot more uh, ready to try it out yeah give it a shot absolutely time. I uh, also been getting into Vampire Survivors nice it's a uh, that poor cat. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't know if you, if the listeners can hear it, but both Jeff and I can hear his poor cat Johan just meowing up a storm upstairs. We record in the basement here, and you know, for Jason's safety, we block <laughs> Johan out from the studio while we record. My poor delicate ankles. My cat is a little fierce. He's he's got some. He's got to stick up his butt. I guess apparently, yeah. But. Uh, He's also very uh, sad right now, apparently, that we're, we've locked him out. <laughs> that we've excluded him from this. This is not the first time we've done this, either. It's, no, yeah, he should be somewhat used to it. Oh, well. So, uh, I I promise, dear listener, that I love my cat very much, and I do not, you know, psychologically torture him on a I, daily basis. I, I can confirm that this is true. As someone who uh, has observed... Jeff and Johan together. Yes. So Vampire Survivors. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yes. Cutting back it, to topic. It's a, <laughs> it's a real... Kind of like a short hike. It's also cheap. You know, mm-hmm. um, it's which is a very nice. It's a, It was $3 on Steam right now. It's a, Is that like on sale or a pretty standard no. price? Really? Yeah. Holy. And it's a... What, it's like a... Kind of like a top-down... Um, 16-bit looking Castlevania-inspired look, mm-hmm. except uh, it's a roguelite where you have to survive waves of, uh, you know, ghouls and mm-hmm. skeletons and All whatnot. All sorts of monsters. And uh, you just have to, like, you know, level up and pick your poison mm-hmm. and keep... If you live for 30 minutes, you beat the level. Uh, okay. The farthest I've gotten is 29 minutes and 25 seconds. Oh, my God. Yeah. For real? Yeah. <laughs> um, at the, at the t- like, I had this... Uh, my strategy was just, like, area of effect damage around me mm-hmm. for that level and for that attempt. And uh, the entire screen by the end was... Just monsters you know yeah. and they were just slowly pushing closer to me <laughs> and like it felt like uh i don't know it just felt like i slowly drowned at that moment you know right um which is uh, an experience that you can experience for yourself for three dollars <laughs> yeah. well so you found out about this game through northern lion yeah right? that's right um and uh it's starting, yeah, it's picking up some uh, traction now. Yeah. Um, his uh, first video got like half a million views Holy for Vampire shit. Survivors. Uh, and it's, um, you know, it's 
I just I like it. He had, uh, he's my favorite YouTuber, and he has mm-hmm. a way of making it. Maybe we just have similar tastes, but he whenever he tries a game, I'd say most of the time I'm like I want to play it. Sure. You know? Maybe the, yeah. Um, yeah, that, and that's always cool, and that's one of the benefits of you know uh, things like YouTube and Twitch. In that you know if you're able to find uh, like a YouTuber or Twitch streamer. You know, mm-hmm. that does a lot of the games that you like. You have like a fairly reliable source of news for yeah. you know games in that style you like because there's a um there's a few YouTubers uh that I follow that are, you know, mm-hmm. kind of in the same way. Like if they're playing this game, you know, or they're starting to talk about it, it's instantly mm-hmm. uh on my radar. Very nice, yeah. Um it's yeah, it's been a it's been a good time. Nice. And of course, I'm still playing some Isaac here and there, and mm-hmm. you know, uh, the march towards uh, dead god um, continues. That's when you get everything done. Nice. You're a dead god. Epic. Yeah. Metal even. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um. So last we teased. If you will, last time that we would dip our dainty toes into the water of gaming news. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> Daintily teasing our toes. <laughs> um, and it's a lucky coincidence for us that right after we've made this bold claim, mm-hmm. um, and even bolder claim of properties has occurred exactly um yeah no in the time since we you know did our um our last episode and first kind of talked about the idea of you know sharing bits of news in what's happening in gaming uh pretty pretty big deal was made um microsoft or xbox um they acquired uh activision blizzard Mm -hmm. it was a deal that uh, I think the purchase was just shy of seventy billion dollars. Yeah, it was sixty-eight point something. Exactly. Yeah. So just cosmic shit ton of money. Yeah. Um, but you know, in that purchase, you know, they get access to properties. I wrote it down. So they have access to like Overwatch, mm-hmm. Diablo, mm-hmm. Uh, World of Warcraft, mm-hmm. Call of Duty, mm-hmm. Starcraft. And probably most importantly, Candy Crush. That's right. As well as like Crash Bandicoot and Spyro the Dragon. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's the stuff that they, you know, now uh, have access to is, you know, pretty staggering. And actually, um, in the article that I had seen about that, you know, that purchase makes them the third biggest uh, gaming company. You know, they which it puts them directly behind Sony and a company called Tencent. And Tencent is like primarily they are like this big subsidiary that owns a bunch of mobile games. Mm. You know? Yeah. So it was funny because like when I looked at it, you know, I saw like I don't even know who the hell Tencent is. I know. I, and so I had to look it up uh afterwards and it's like, okay, so they own just a whole bunch of of mobile games and so it stood to reason i really didn't know about them just because mobile gaming is just something that i haven't really uh dipped my toe daintily into yet (laughs) (laughs) um 
what does Microsoft buying Activision Blizzard mean for you, the gamer, the experiencer of games? Yeah. Like, I don't know. It's, it's going to be interesting. You know, what is now the previous console generation, so like the PlayStation 4 and the Xbox One, you know, I think there was there was some teasing going towards Xbox's way of them basically not having any exclusives anymore. Right. You know, I mean, all of the, you know, all of the big high profile exclusives were either on the PlayStation or on like the Nintendo Switch. Yeah. But, you know, with something like this deal, I mean, Microsoft and Xbox, you know, they could tend to actually have some pretty high-profile exclusives mm-hmm. if they so chose. I, I know there's been some talk of them saying, you know, like they wouldn't want to make something like Overwatch or um, Call of Duty a Xbox exclusive. Right. You know, that would be that would be pretty insane if they tried to do something like that. Right. I mean, that would definitely cut them, you know, I feel like they'd get more money if they didn't, you know? Yeah. But I don't know. I'm not... I'm... I'm just a pea brain, basically. I don't know business, <laughs> but um. However, like I saw, the Elder Scrolls Six is planned to be a Xbox PC exclusive. Yeah, that's that's a big deal. Yeah. And so is Starfield, the other Bethesda game in the Fallout and right. Skyrim style. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I forgot. Yeah, because Microsoft had acquired Bethesda. Yeah. Not too terribly long ago either. That's right. Yeah. And so, I mean, it, this is also going to be really big, you know, for several of the games that are going to be, you know, amongst uh, uh, the collection of stuff that they now have access to, you know, things like Game Pass on both the Xbox and mm-hmm. yeah, PC, you know, you're going to probably have access to a ton of, you know, really big games. For sure, and they have confirmed that uh, Activision Blizzard games are going to be coming to Game Pass. Yeah. Um, so hopefully it's not something that, I mean, I, hopefully it's something that happens soon, you know, Yeah. as a Game Pass user. Yeah, same here. Um, a filthy subscriber of <laughs> Game Pass. Um, it's, I don't know, I. Uh, it's hard to... No, it's hard to predict what's going to happen next with this exactly. stuff. You know, uh, yeah, but it is interesting. You know, it's my hope that they don't uh, try and make some of these games exclusive. Mm-hmm. You know, just because that, or like either exclusive, or they don't try to, you know, let them have uh, crossplay right with each other. Because there's been this growing trend within the last few years of you know a lot more games being cross compatible with each mm-hmm. other and that's been really nice for sure you know there's been like one game that i was have been really hoping would get the cross play treatment is something you and i have both been playing a ton of and that's um deep rock galactic yeah yeah that is so at the time of this recording you know january of 2022 deep rock galactic is one of the free games of the month uh mm-hmm. for playstation plus users and um you know it's a really fantastic uh, co-op shooter mm-hmm. it's uh i've watched i'd watched jeff play it a little bit on a pc with some friends of ours and um but the unfortunate thing is it's not cross play 
So it's crossplay between Xbox and PC, right? But, but not not PC yeah. or PS4 and Xbox, yeah. Yeah, which is you know, which is a shame because I would have been really nice to like say you know play it with some of our some of our yeah. other friends. I'm just yeah, I'm just hoping that you know even with big deals like this happening, that mm-hmm. it doesn't uh, have an influence on crossplay. You know, for sure. Um, it's uh. Yeah, I feel like they've with this sort of movement, uh, Microsoft has really cut a like a bigger slice of the pie for themselves going forward for mm-hmm. like um, market space for the Xbox, and I would not be surprised if they try to, you know, make some of these decisions of, you know, if you want to play some of the most popular franchises, you're gonna have to shell out for an Xbox or PC and. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, crossplay, you know, it's been trending in an, a positive direction for a while. It's, Absolutely, uh, I'm hoping that uh, we don't see any, uh, you know, stop and uh, yeah, any yeah, kind of interruption of that. But I agree. Yeah, and it's like you know, I in general, I wouldn't say I have a big problem with you know consoles having exclusive titles. Right. You know, I mean. Nintendo has been doing that forever. Yeah. You know, and and so have both um Sony and Microsoft, you know. Mm-hmm. So I I guess I'm not a big opposer of that, especially if it's like, you know, you know, say like with Nintendo, you know, you kind of know what you're getting into with a Nintendo exclusive. There's just a certain game feel, I guess, about them. And so um yeah. So it's like yeah, if if Microsoft chooses to make some of these uh, properties uh, exclusive, mm-hmm. you know that may not be the end of the world. But you know, if I just hope that for the games that they do still intend on, you know, having be across multiple platforms, mm-hmm. to allow them to be played across multiple platforms. Yeah, that's that's the big thing because it's like you know, you know, Jeff and I, um, you know, we, uh, you know, been kind of doing some work in like kind of creating like a small uh community of uh gamers in our area you know just to kind of play games together both um offline and online and uh that's been one of the challenges is you know is mm-hmm. find for one finding games that every that a good chunk of people have access to mm-hmm. and if they do have access to it making sure that the game is playable among right. those multiple platforms cuz yeah like it is. It's always been a big frustration if, say, you know, you had this game that you wanted to play with your friends, but you had a PlayStation and they had an Xbox, and yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know, and you couldn't play. Yeah, um, it's yeah. It, it would be a, a big interruption to us, I think. You know, Absolutely. But, uh, but we'll see. You mm-hmm. know where it goes. Um, Something that I had, you know, heard in terms of, uh, you know, scuttlebutt, I guess. Um, what, like, what does this mean for the development philosophy for some of these Activision Blizzard company, uh, you know, developers? Um, like, because Activision had been, like, uh, 
it had sort of been drafting and redirecting the resources of every developer it could into new Call of Duty uh, games and or Warzone games. You know, right. Where they um, had like four different devs working on that right now. Exactly. And Just to ensure that they could have like a Call of Duty coming out, you yeah. know, always on the horizon. Um, and that meant like even like the Crash Bandicoot devs were like pulled over to Call of Duty, for example. You sure. Know? Um, so, but there has been like more of a, ever since like Xbox Live Arcade, there's been kind of a more um, experimental attitude that Xbox had than Activision Blizzard, you know. We might see more of, you know, a divestment of resources and uh, towards, like, oh, you know, keep working on this smaller project, you know, s- these passion projects. Mm-hmm. Um, I would be happy if that were the case, you know. Yeah, um, me too. It's, uh, we'll see where that goes. I keep saying that, you know, we'll right. see, we'll see, but that's, um. Yeah, well, that's the thing, because, yeah, unfortunately, you know, we can kind of follow along with these stories, but we really don't know until it develops, right. you know. We don't have the, uh, that hot insight. Yeah, the gift of, uh, foresight, I guess. Exactly. Or the, the, the gift of future reading is what I meant. Exactly. But foresight, you know, that too. Right, exactly. But yeah, I don't know. I'm. Uh, it'll definitely be very interesting. Yeah. To see where it all goes from there. Uh, they got Tony Hawk Pro Skater, Guitar Hero, games like those, like that have been sort of under the the surface, you know, bubbling, waiting for reemergence. Yeah. I wonder if uh, we're gonna see some new iterations of that now yeah well especially since like um that uh tony hawk collection that came out Mm -hmm. in would have been 2020 now i think yeah and you because i know you put a heck of a lot of time into that and really loved it um it was uh, a real demonstration of the developers knowing what the players enjoyed about those games sure Um, and I guess that meant, you know, basically copying the first two games formula, (laughs) but, uh, we have, like, that had been the first high quality Tony Hawk since, you know, for ages, really. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, you know, are we going to see a Crash Bandicoot 5 anymore, you know? That's fair, yeah, because, I mean, uh, Crash Bandicoot 4, it's about time, came out not too terribly long yeah, ago. another one 2020 game, I think. Exactly, yeah. Haven't tried that yet, but, you know. I did try it. Yeah. Oh, no, yeah. Um, it's, a, it's a solid game. Heck, yeah. Who knows? Maybe there'd be another Spyro. Yeah. That's, oh, gosh, I would love to see another Spyro. Um. I, you know, I, thanks to the website PC Gamer for making this list, but I, um, they compiled a list of devs and publishers that Microsoft owns now. You know, okay. They, um, they got Zenimax and Activision Blizzard, but they also 
uh, for devs, you know, they've got rare games. Um, they've yeah. got three four three and the Coalition, Mojang, Ninja Theory, Playground Games, Undead Labs, Compulsion Games, Obsidian, In Exile, and Double Fine. Like, that's a ton of devs, you know. Yeah, it um, is. Some of them I'm not even I don't remember off the top of my head, but right do but uh like uh with something like 343 and the uh, the coalition you know that's halo and gears of war we're right you know, um are we gonna get a call of duty halo gears of war crossover when's the microsoft <laughs> activision blizzard uh smash bros coming out oh my gosh yeah if ever there was a time for that to happen <laughs> it's probably now I want to play as Tony Hawk or Rodney Mullen. Hit people with my skateboard. <laughs> oh my gosh, how amazing would that be? <laughs> yeah, Microsoft is, you know, of the of the big three, they're the only ones who haven't, you know, yeah. attempted to make a Smash Bros. game. Yep. But, uh, yeah, that'd be, God, that'd be so wild if they did. Mm-hmm. We could see the Doom guy punching uh, Spyro. Ega had. <laughs> um, who would your your micro smash main be? Jason? Micro smash main. Um, Spyro is a is an early an early top contender. Yeah, I don't know. Let's maybe. Uh, I don't know. There's a couple of Overwatch characters could come to um, mind. Yeah, you know. The idea of possibly annoying you as Tracer in another game <laughs> is appealing. Oh no, I would be the the grunt from Halo. Yeah, <laughs> you know, um, that's yeah, that's horrifying. The thought of a, another game with Tracer in it. <laughs> well, the, there's actually yeah, there is Heroes of the Storm as well. Tracers in that. And that oh, um, I forgot about that. Yeah, that like uh, League of Legends, or like what do they call them? Arena. Yeah, arena games? fighters. Or something. Not arena fighters. Just you know, completely blanking out on Dota likes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that I guess that concludes our section on game breaking news. Exactly. The, uh, that title Jason is a work in progress. Okay. Yeah, I like it a lot. It is okay. Good. If you like it, yeah, I I am ready to keep calling it that. Mm-hmm. I, I, the more puns we're able to have in titles, the happier I am as a person. Yeah. So. Yeah. Good. So that works for me. So we've got what you've been playing down. We've got game breaking news. Mm-hmm. And so that leaves us to try and figure out how are we going to fill the end of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> we we talked a couple. Uh, um, we talked a little bit about possibilities. Uh-huh. Maybe I should put you on the spot once again. Oh, oh no! Actually, we did talk another thing. Yes. Um, let's talk about our. Uh, Excuse me, our um, our gauntlet showdown. Mm, um, yes, we decided our first gauntlet. Our first gauntlet, yes. And so, yeah. So, just to uh, freshen that in people's minds. So, if you hadn't uh, listened to uh, our game of the year thing for 2021, first off, shame on you. And <laughs> secondly, so like one of the ideas that we talked about 
in addition to, you know, uh, game-breaking news, was the idea of kind of a, um, I don't know if miniseries is the right thing to call it, but, you know, uh, kind of an idea where, you know, Jeff and I would basically play a game at the other's uh, suggestion. And so, I mean, if you've been listening since the beginning, you you kind of know that there are definitely games that Jeff and I are both able to play, and then there are games where we are both very off in yeah. our own directions. Yeah. And so The Gauntlet, which is what we're still calling it, mm-hmm. is an attempt to bring those games that are far out much closer together. And I'm using a lot of exaggerated hand <laughs> movements to try and articulate this. But um, but yeah, so that is that is the idea of The Gauntlet, is for me to play a what we would mostly know as a Jeff game Mm -hmm. and for Jeff to play a Jason game. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, what are, what are some of the extra parameters for this, Jeff? I know you had originally said like every hour of a Jeff game (laughs) translates to every hour of a Jason game, but that's, uh, it depends on the gauntlet, you know? Yeah, exactly. It's not a bad, um, other parameters, I guess. Um, we're trying to, you know, not force costs on the other person so much. Right, exactly. Um, not in this economy. Yeah. Um, so, however, I uh, let's talk about the first one. Yeah, you know? the f- um, yeah the first gauntlet. Um, it's it's very it's a conveniently placed one because both of the games that we're looking to play are ones that we already have access to. Like we've already purchased them. I purchased it for the gauntlet, to be fair. Oh, you did. You know, so it's like, but um, it's it is worth doing. It's uh, okay. it's uh, Castle. I'm gonna play this Circle of the Moon. This <laughs> this circular moon. <laughs> um, we'll see how deep this Castlevania really goes. Mm-hmm. Um. And Jason's going to play a Metroid game. We're thinking Metroid Zero Mission. Yeah, yeah, I am. Yeah, if you are able to, because uh, you'll have Metroid Zero Mission on your like a I Game have Boy Advance. A, a copy of it, yeah. Okay, yes. Yeah, so, yeah, if you're able to find your Game Boy Advance cartridge mm-hmm. of it, I, my, I've got a Game Boy Advance either upstairs somewhere or, or at my dad's. So it is, it is ready, mm-hmm. ready to be played. Yeah, great. Mm-hmm. Um, it's exciting times. It is. See, we thought it was appropriate because, uh, like, they're both Game Boy Advance games. From Correct. Um, yep. They're both, uh, like, one of our first or second uh, forays into the games yep. themselves for these, uh, you, know, I, you know, I love Metroid. Um, I started with Metroid Prime and then quickly played Zero Mission after mm-hmm. that. And uh, so it's the first 2D one I played. Yep. And um, yeah, and like I said at the beginning, you know, Circle of the Moon is the first Castlevania game that I played. Mm-hmm. You know, and it re- it remains my favorite, mm-hmm. um, which was really refreshing because, like, you know, now that I've it's been a while since I've played it, you know, yeah. and in playing it, I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm. this is still fantastic. And it's like, I don't know, it's Circle of the Moon is not a contra- kind of a controversial game in the lore. Like, I don't know, it's people seem to either love it or hate it. I the guess. lore or the community? Community. Okay. Yeah. Um, um, there is... I should try and see about finding this article, and I could share it 
like to our Twitter. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's an article that kind of goes into Circle of the Moon and like its place uh, amongst Castlevania fans. Okay. It's a really cool article. I'll have to try and track it down for yeah. you. But yeah, yeah, like uh, you know, Jeff is you know we both love Metroidvanias, mm-hmm. but Jeff comes from the background of Metroid, and I come from Castlevania. Right. And so this is crossed gamers. <laughs> <laughs> No better way to put that. Um, So this is a great opportunity, you know, for for us to like, you know, try to see what what is so special about these games that are on the other side of that portmanteau of Metroidvania. (laughs) Yeah, Castle Troids. Castle Troids. Now, so here's a question. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, right when I started playing uh, Castlevania, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I knew who Samus was. From like mm-hmm. Smash Bros and whatnot, but I hadn't played a Metroid. I've only, mm-hmm. and still to this day, I've only really ever played bits and pieces of them. Mm-hmm. So it's like I don't know if I would say that I've like gone out of my way to avoid Metroid games, mm-hmm. but I don't know. It's I've definitely just played more Castlevania games. Yeah. Would you say? Did you ever have like this thing of like, well, you know, Metroid's kind of my thing, so I'm not going to play <laughs> Castlevania. No, no. Okay. Um, I. Um, I get like so they did make Castlevania one and two for the NES, I think, yeah. and then Super Castlevania four or Super Castlevania was mm-hmm. uh, for Super Nintendo. Yep. Um, never got a chance to play either of those, sure, or any of those. Excuse me. And then, um, the next, like, then they kind of diverted to PlayStation, from what I understand. Yes. And I didn't own a PlayStation until the end of the PlayStation 3 sure. era. Yep. And uh, by that time, I was already a jaded hater. <laughs> no. Um, I did actually buy uh, Castlevania 4 uh-huh. for PS3, I want to say. Okay. But just... And I tried it, and I'm like, okay, this is fun. I'm not getting... You know, I just didn't get into it. Sure, you know? sure. Um, it didn't seem to have the, like, the obvious direction and puzzle mechanics of a metroid game sure which kind of like it seemed to focus more on like an rpg idea and more mm-hmm. of like a exploration idea than mm-hmm. metroid did sure um that's one thing i'm really interested in because it's going to be cool to really like in playing zero mission it's going to be cool to see just how differently the formula is done mm-hmm. you know because it's like yeah people have been saying metroidvania you know it's like a combination like the genre is basically these two games yeah. you know and even though now there's like countless indie games that do it mm-hmm. it's going to be really cool to play a classic metroid and just see yeah you know I mean, you can pretend you're playing metroid one while you're doing it and like this is where it all started yeah exactly and that's one thing i'm really excited about because it's like you know i know that you know like whereas like metroidvania you know it kind of illustrates this idea of like that big interconnected world and Mm -hmm. you know getting power-ups to you know uncover the map yeah like i know that metroid did that first Mm -hmm. you know and it really wasn't until symphony of the night that castlevania started doing it okay you know so it's going to be really cool to try and see yeah just the early mechanics and how they work out exactly Yeah. yeah so i'm i'm personally really excited uh, to try it out and it's going to be cool to i don't know to come back at the end of the gauntlet mm-hmm. and see what kind of a uh, newfound appreciations yeah we have for the the genre as a whole and you know what i i don't think either of these games are that long they're I think, not i mean there is a distinct pop 
possibility by the time we make our next episode that we'd have these done, you know? Yeah. I mean, I would guess Circle of the Moon, you could probably finish in under eight hours. Okay. That's my guess. And, yeah, I would imagine that Zero Mission probably wouldn't be that much different. Yeah, Yeah. six to eight hours is... That's kind of what I'm guessing on average Mm -hmm. uh, for the both of them. I'm just... How long to beaten it right now? Mm-hmm. I'm looking it up. Mm-hmm. Um, that is that that website is such a wonderful resource. Yeah, I I love it so much. So the the main story for Castlevania, Circle of the Moon, nine hours. Okay. You know, uh, main, all styles ten and a half. You know. Okay. Um, let's look up uh, zero mission here. Um. Main story four and a half hours, and then wow, okay. Main and extra about five, all styles five, yeah. Okay. Um, so it's not a super long game, no means, and uh, I think that must be the shortest Metroid game. Yeah. Um, maybe Fusion is a little longer. Okay. Um, but is Fusion the other Game Boy Advance one? Yeah. Okay. Mm Hmm. Um. I would say, you know, I just think that uh, it's, you know, maybe a purist of both game series is saying, why aren't they starting with Super Metroid? Or why why not start with the originals, you know? Right. Um, but we're really, we're picking the ones that were kind of important to us exactly. at the same time. And the fact that they're so, like, such parallels with each other is perfect. Right. You know? Yeah, they're both released on the Game Boy Advance, you know, also, like, probably not with... Not very far from each other. Yeah. You know, so I personally think that they're a really good uh, representation for Mm -hmm. basically our introductions to the genre and also Mm -hmm. just to, you know, how those games are. There was definitely some talk when we first were getting into the idea of me starting with Metroid Prime, Mm -hmm. which is a game I'd still be totally down to play uh, at some point, but it just as we kind of talked about it, it just seemed to make more sense to go, you know, since I'm giving Jeff a 2D metroidvania mm-hmm. that you know that yeah. i would do the same right on so yeah that's gonna be i don't know i think it's gonna be a very interesting thing and yeah another reason why we didn't start with like say you know we probably could have gone the really easy route and traded like symphony of the night for super metroid yeah but i'm gonna just go out on a limb and say that i'm not a big fan of symphony of the night yeah we got a registered hater over here we got you know mm-hmm. a real <laughs> I think yeah, I do, I do think I'm probably a bit of a Castlevania hipster, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. But but that's Speak a discussion on that, Jason. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I tell why don't you like Symphony of the of Destruction like everyone else? <laughs> well, Is let it, me tell you. Yeah. Um I don't know. Like for me it's just you know, it's an interesting game. Like, uh, the way it's set up is very cool, but it's also, to me, like, really gimmicky. Oh, yeah? You know, like... What are the gimmicks we're talking about? So, you know, you can... You go through the game, and you've maybe explored, let's say, I don't know, a third or so of the castle. Yeah. The first time that you are able, you know, to fight the boss, mm-hmm. you know? And so you fight the boss, you kill the boss, you get the credits, mm-hmm. you know, but it's just like, oh, no, you actually haven't beaten the game, you silly boy. And uh, 
so then you have to do it again. Okay. You know, and like, and then eventually you get the ability to turn the castle upside down. Yeah. Which I'll say it is fucking stupid. <laughs> this is this is a big haterade here. Yeah. You know? Well, it's just like I mean the castle, like when you turn the castle upside down. It's a real pain in the ass to navigate it, you know? Yeah, and it's just, I don't know. I just think there's a few things, a few design choices that were made in the game. And yeah, like, it is a classic. You know, there's there's no doubting. Yeah. But I just think that there have been better uh, Castlevania games that have been made, and I just don't think Symphony of the Night should be considered the be-all, end-all. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Meanwhile, I think Super Metroid is a 10 out of 10. Mm-hmm. You know? And I want to try Super Metroid, mm-hmm. you know, for that reason. Yeah, it's a it's a fantastic game. Mm-hmm. Uh, what they did with Zero Mission is they basically said, what if we, t- you know, applied the visuals and gameplay mechanics of Super Metroid onto the map of Zero Mi- of the first game? Yeah, you know? so definitely you're, you're a best of both worlds. Of yeah. yeah, yeah. So that that's what makes it, yeah, seem to be such a perfect uh introduction to mm-hmm. the series for me who knows maybe if i because yeah like you said uh zero missions only about four or five hours mm-hmm. you know if i've got the time i might try super metroid right after why not yeah. we'll see what happens because i mean yeah. super metroid is available on the switch so that's right um and i'm trying to think if i have an easier way than plugging my ps3 i'm lazy um in to play castlevania 4 if i wanted to you know i'm like could i is it on the SNES Mini? I don't remember. I don't it, know, no, actually. Super Castlevania is Castlevania 3, right? I Okay. I don't uh, remember. So I really don't know anything. And um, <laughs> I appreciate you listening. You know, anyway. <laughs> um, but that's the thing. We are playing to learn. That's right. This is That's this is right. an academic uh, exploration mm-hmm. into an upside down castle for whatever <laughs> fucking reason. I saw a, a hard drive article that was like gamer buys house that doesn't even have upside down house underneath or something like that. <laughs> hard drive is like a an onion for video games nerd culture. You know, it's delightful. Um, yeah. Fun stuff. Fun mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah, and with that, our first gauntlet is in place. It's been thrown down. Yep. Smack! I see a big metal glove sitting in the dirt. Uh-huh. Yep. Uh-huh. Yeah, so, I don't know. I am ready to try this. I'm excited. Same. Should we end it there, Jason? Yeah, I mean, that seems like a pretty decent spot to, to wrap up. You know, we yeah. can... Uh, yeah, I'm guessing... I don't know. Um, maybe by the time we get the next episode recorded, we'll have finished these respective games, mm-hmm. you know, or if we have another topic that comes to mind, you know, we'll just kind of keep everyone posted as to how it's going. Yeah. Great. Yeah. I will definitely start it by the next time we record. Yeah. Same here. All right. Well, thank you gamers everywhere for listening to us yammer about topics such as things and stuff. So uh, we're really going to enjoy this gauntlet, and we'll... Hell yeah. We look forward to seeing you next time on Super Turbo 64. 
I got well a, done. I got a cat to pet. <laughs> All right. Yeah, we need to make sure that the cat's okay. <laughs> All right. Have a good one, everybody. We'll see you Bye. next time.